Hi, you are listening to Movies Cinema Film, and this is going to be our review of Ben is Back. Hey, Jordan. What's up? You're trying. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) 2019. 2019. Let's hope it's a good year for film. It it should be better than 2018. 2018 was kind of trash. (laughs) <laughs> now like end of 2018 was kind of trash it was disappointing because all year you're like waiting for the end of the year because it's movie season and then yeah i haven't been that thrilled with most of it like there were good movies earlier in the year that nobody really well i guess people talked about them mm-hmm. but they're not really talking about them anymore yeah and those were kind of the better films in the year i think yeah and 2017 was just so insanely impressive like i feel like my top five of 2017 each film would have been easily like my top movie of any other year without question or maybe even more than that maybe even more than five and this year i'm just not as enthralled by anything yeah there i just saw vice today i don't know if we're ever (laughs) gonna do a vice episode now (laughs) well we should because then you can like get on the mic and rant about how bad it was I don't want to rant about how bad it was. I just want to rant about issues that I had with the film. Okay. And how it wasn't good. No, I'm going to see it. (laughs) I'm going to see it. I'm pretty sure our next episode is going to be if Beale Street can talk, but... Yeah, we're definitely going to do if Beale Street can talk, because I feel like that's the best film that's out right now, and I want to see a film that's actually good. Hopefully it won't be disappointing. I mean, if it's even half as good as Moonlight, I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah, I've only heard good things about it. Yeah. So last night we had a... uh, big party at the amazing life-changing place for us called rhino comedy it was an intimate new year's eve that's right it wasn't really a big party it was called the gilded rhino it was catered by our wonderful executive chef heather we're just gonna (laughs) yeah we should have a segment every every um podcast where we just talk about how much we love heather yeah it's tough to put into words on a podcast to public <laughs> audience but well, it's quite wonderful welcome to the as usual heather segment so uh what's it like living with heather I, are you just always like waiting outside her door like trying to soak up the awesomeness or like i kind of just keep to myself because like i don't know if she wants my presence <laughs> she's like the I'm queen <laughs> like i kind of speak when spoken to right because you never know how geniuses feel when you're in their presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I also work in a more professional workplace setting with Heather yeah. in two ways. And the Princess Cecilia's Magic Castle podcast. Listen to it. And also uh, the Hardware Bar. Exactly. Rhino, yeah. Which uh, I'm like her assistant. Sue Chef. Yeah. Line cook sous chef. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've ever been to Rhino, uh, you have to come. Well, if even if you haven't been there, but especially if you're like one of our people that's come by a lot but hasn't come recently, you have to come because we now have food. We have an entire bar. We have a food and beverage license. I'm going to be there every Friday and Saturday night until the end of time. <laughs> Jordan's given his life for this, so please, <laughs> as it has Heather... Like, I, Maria was asking Heather to help me with something that I need help with, and I was like, no, like, I cannot ask any more of this woman. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's already got enough on her plate. But there's, uh, everything's so delicious, and I truly don't know how I'm going to not gain weight from it. 
I actually think some of us will probably like end up gaining weight because I don't know how we couldn't. There's delicious paninis. Well, they're healthy. They're healthy. <laughs> food. We have good quality breads. You're eating good food. That's true. It is good quality. There's just a lot of garbage and cheesage going on, but it's, it's so cheap delicious. Food. It's very affordable. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like, wow, I just need a meal tonight. We're giving you a sandwich, chips, pickles. Mm-hmm. Oh, yummy. So good. We even have PB and J's if that's what you're down with. Jordan made me a PB and J on Saturday night, and it was heaven because it was the secret menu. You could get it pressed. Yeah, that's only on the secret menu. Right. Yeah. I mean, we'll 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 do whatever you can figure out as long as it doesn't ruin our panini maker. So yeah, legit. If we're like not busy, we'll hook it up. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you want, we'll customize it for you. Mm-hmm. And it's At already least if I'm working. I don't know how Heather is. She's like the actual chef. So right. She might disagree. If she if she says no, just like you know, just accept it because she rules all. So she might come and get me for freestyling on the <laughs> press. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I won't be working there anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, so this closes the Heather is Amazing segment for today. Tune in next time when we talk about um, her amazing math skills. <laughs> and also subscribe to Princess Cecilia's Magic Castle on wherever you're listening to this podcast. Because we- they are wonderful. It's Heather and Kelly Blake. And they are amazing. And you guys should really check out that podcast because it's a, an ongoing story. And I feel like you'd want to know all of the details that yeah. we discussed in earlier episodes. Yeah. You can't just tune into season three of Breaking Bad. You know, you gotta watch it from the very you first. You have to watch that stupid damn plane crash. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. That, oh no. I mean, that's, I love Breaking Bad, but I agree that was kind of out of nowhere. But That's why Breaking Bad can never be the greatest television show of all time. <sighs> that was just the most terrible thing that's ever happened on television maybe but they made that happen breaking bad is still my favorite drama of all time i like it more than the sopranos and mad men and the wire and and to disagree but i also you know what i also think is underrated i mean it's not really like because people really do love it and think it's one of the best but six feet under is up there for me oh my god do you ever (laughs) you have to watch that once the Oscars are over, we should do some TV episodes. Oh, that would rule, because there's going to be that, that season where all the bad movies are coming out, like the yeah. movies they just threw in the trash. But we also have A-List from AMC, so we could go see all of the shitty movies in the best quality. I'm down. And just see, like, crappy movies in IMAX, so yeah. that it just looks wonderful. Right, like 3D horror movies. I feel like Whoa. that's what comes out in, like, February. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. You just get blood on your face. <laughs> <laughs> well, you maybe... That, that'd maybe be funny. 4D or 5D. Right, if they had, like, a splash thing, like, at Disney World. Have you ever seen those shows at Disney World? I think they have that. Do they have... Is that 4D? Does 4D have, like, rain and shit? Maybe. I think maybe there are a few theaters, like... But, I mean, a few, like, nationwide. I don't know of any. We should just make a movie that takes place... uh, I guess it's more of a theater experiment. That you're living the movie and you're walking through the movie in the house. Uh Uh-huh. You know, uh, one of the first people to think of that and execute that was William Castle, the horror director. Like, he did, like, movies with Vincent Price and stuff, and he had 
I don't know if it was House on Haunted Hill or which one it was, but he there was one where he had skeletons yeah. in the theater that he shook, or not he, but like whoever they they hired, like shook these like skeletons and scared the shit out of people. I mean, imagine that in like 1950, you yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, uh, I love it. Anyway, what was I gonna say? Oh, we were treated to some live Princess Cecilia's Magic Castle last night at the party. Oh, yeah, there's a blanket fort. <laughs> Before I knew it, there was a fort on the stage at Rhino, which, like, I put on my Instagram, I was like, if you didn't have a fort at your New Year's party, I'm so sorry, because it was so much fun. And then Heather, you and Heather went and laid down in it and took a nap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever, like, fell asleep, but I just needed to lay down. Mm-hmm. Like, I was very tired from the second I woke up. Right. And I had to do laundry, so I couldn't lay down in my bed. Mm. And I just wanted that all day, was to just lay down in my bed Aww. for, like, 20 minutes or, like, an hour. Yeah. And there I was on the floor of the Rhino stage in a blanket fort, <laughs> lying down, just listening to conversations. At, w- at one point, all I saw was, all I could see from where I was sitting was Heather's bare feet, the the tent, and then a party hat on top for New Year's, and it was just the funniest, like, image. And then she crawled out and put the, this blanket on her that Kelly bought for her, and, like, she just looked so tired, and, like, she had done so much, and I was like, that is such a mood. Yeah. She's a superstar. We love you, Heather. Anyway, so we should... Uh, Speaking of living in houses together... Oh! We're doing Ben is Back today, <laughs> which is People. a film <laughs> directed by Lucas Hedges' dad, Peter Hedges, and Lucas Hedges stars in the film. Wow, I love how... <laughs> I love how Peter Hedges is now Lucas Hedges' dad. Yeah. Well, did he make anything before that? Yeah. What did he make before that? So he wrote one of my... (laughs) (laughs) Peter Hedges wrote one of my favorite films of all time, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. What? He wrote that? He wrote that, yeah. What? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm going to step back. I didn't realize that. He also also wrote and, and directed a film called Pieces of April. Have you seen that one? No. Pretty good. Uh, he also wrote um, About a Boy, which is the oh, adaptation of the Nick Hornby book. And he directed Dan in Real Life. I think he wrote that one, too. Oh, wow. So I have seen a lot of this, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't like Lucas became famous and then his dad was like, hey... I just didn't know who Peter Hedges was by name. Right. But I have but seen you, films by him, surprisingly. Yeah, you Whoa. know him. Sorry, Peter Hedges, if you want to come on the show. Please, please come on the show. We would love to interview you. Uh, since you did feature a gas station that's very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> right. This movie filmed minutes away from where we're sitting right now, folks, in Rockland County, New York. A nice gas station on 17 Slotesburg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that... Slotesburg. The diner. What diner? I don't remember the diner, but it's in that's in Slotesburg as well. Yeah. So Um, but yeah, they were that was a father directing his son, so we decided to do for this week <laughs> another film in which family members direct family members. Mm-hmm. Jordan, you go first. Oh <laughs> I set myself up for that. <laughs> Actually, I didn't. I feel like you should have had to go first. Yeah, so if you're new to the podcast, every episode we have a movie that is a new film that's just coming out in theaters, and then we take another movie, each of us, of a similar theme, 
and we recommend it to you. So it might be something like this, like we're doing family member directing family member, or it might be theme, like we're also going to do mother and son movies. So we each picked one. And oh, wait, we're doing mother and son movies too? Oh, I thought we were doing both. Oh, I thought we were just doing family members directing family members. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, well like, yeah, if we want to do, like, a six-hour episode. <laughs> well, what, well, I feel like we, before, did we do, we did two, right? I don't think we need to do, well. We don't we need to do two, but. We that in the past once. Right, we did that for Green, for Green Book. Book. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. What you, do you guys want? <laughs> Call us. <laughs> Live tweet in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were kind of, yeah, we were kind of like brainstorming, and I don't think we actually made that final decision, but that's okay. Let's just, um... We're here to talk movies, so let's just talk movies. Let's just talk movies. All right, you go. <laughs> All right, so my <laughs> family, directing family movies that I went with was Good Time. So good! By, directed by the Safdie Brothers... Um, which this is kind of a technicality, I guess, because they both direct, but only Benny is in it, um, as the brother of Robert Pattinson, and that film is just a non-stop thriller. Unbelievable <laughs> your movie. your heart does not stop beating for the entire film, mm-hmm. and you're watching this brother who's made this Robert Pattinson character who made a lot of bad decisions in life and wasn't really able to take care of his disabled brother, um, kind of pull his shit together to try to keep them out of trouble. Mm -hmm. And, like, that whole adventure that ensues to escape police and all the other things going on, people that want money from them. Mm Mm-hmm. This was one of my favorite films of last year, very high on my list, that kind of got overlooked. It it got a lot of buzz and hype when it first came out earlier in the year, but it was not the hot movie at the end of the year. And, I mean, it was hard because, like I said, last year was just so absolutely fantastic for movies that it was, like, getting spoiled. It was like if you ate ice cream plus a cookie <laughs> plus pudding plus jello plus a pastry after dinner you would be like now i'm sick <laughs> there's just too many too many good things right but yeah i mean i recommend like you have to see this this is one of those movies i recommend to anyone there's no one that i would be like oh you won't like it just watch it yeah it is just so well shot um the music is amazing um mm-hmm did not expect the score to be so good but it really works hand in hand Mm -hmm. and gives it a pulse all the characters you're so with all the characters that uh that younger girl that they're that he's like with for a while in the and they're like in the living room remember all that stuff yeah and the uh the jennifer jason lee's character that was like that relationship too like you knew like you're like whoa that like there's so much behind every character and this is only this movie's about like one night or like 24 hours or a couple days i can't remember yeah i think it's like also isn't it like an 80 minute film is it even yeah it's like it's a shorter film i think but it's like you know there's so much more behind all these characters and there could be like 10 movies made about all of them oh yeah it was just like very new york too Mm mm-hmm 
And that the, the theme park, everything, the whole theme park scene, on that whole, oh my god. Ugh. Yeah, the theme park scene was dope. But yeah, this is one of those movies that you will not take your eyes off of the entire time you're watching it. You won't look at your phone, you won't pause the movie, you'll just, you'll be in it. If you are, you just don't deserve movies. No, you suck. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't know why you listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go listen to a serial or something. No, I know why you guys listen to the podcast. It's because we have soothing voices mm-hmm. that talk you to sleep. Soothing and sexy. And honestly, if you guys want to tell your friends to like put this on before they go to bed, like we just get more credit from our advertisers. Thank you. We're fine with that if you want to just fall asleep to the podcast. Yeah. Oh. Just rated five stars for falling asleep. Oh, can someone rate the podcast? Because we need ratings. Also, just write reviews of the podcast. Talk about how much you love it. Tell your friends to subscribe, even if they're not going to ever listen to it. Mm-hmm. Just, like, implant it into their <laughs> podcast app. Honestly, that is your assignment, okay? Followers, take at least one to five of your friends' phones and then subscribe to the Movie Cinema Film Podcast. Right. People love that. People love when you take their phone, invade their privacy, and, you know, use their apps without their permission. Please do it. We're trying to build a user base. The bigger our base, the more we can do for you guys. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited because on Friday, this guy who came to open mic at Rhino told me that he downloaded our podcast. In fact, it was so cool because (laughs) I was just casually talking about it with Heather and he overheard us and he looked at me and he goes, oh, that's you? You're on the podcast? And I was like, yes, that's me. You can't tell from my voice? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he couldn't because he had just only downloaded it and had not listened to it yet. But still, there's a download, so we were excited. Yeah, and if enough people listen, we'll be able to do cool stuff. We're thinking about creating the movie's cinema film guide. Hell yeah. Um, we're also thinking about doing like live podcasts or podcasting live so that you guys could like watch on Twitch or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you could vote on things. Ultimately, comment. I would love if we had live shows at Rhino. Yeah, well, that's, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> also, oh wait, okay, this is an even cooler thing. What? Uh, we also want to like talk about like new filmmakers, young filmmakers, amateur filmmakers who are, like, doing cool stuff. So if you or a friend have made, like, a short film, a web series, something like that, and you want us to watch it and see if we like it and want to talk about it, we would give you guys free time on here. Hell yeah, you and guys. It would be email us. watch cool stuff. We Mo- like watching cool stuff. Podcast at gmail.com. And we're going to have a Rhino Film Festival, right? Yeah, Rhino Film Festival coming up. Um, check out rhinocomedy.com for that. I think it's until the 28th you have to submit films? Yep, the 28th of February. Submit right? your film. Yeah, I think so. And Maria will watch it, and if she, other like... Other people. Other also. people, too. Who else? You and Brendan? No, we're not on the, the screening committee. Although I was on the screening committee. We have a screening committee? Yeah, we have a screening committee. Who else is on it besides Maria? Uh, it's a bunch of industry people. Who? Um, I am not... Spielberg. ...to talk about. <laughs> Scorsese. Um, no, I just don't know exactly everybody who's on it. I just know that there's a panel of, like, 
six to seven people, I think, who are going to be watching the films. Right on. But yeah, I think that's all of our uh, Rhino-related advertising. Sorry for the tangent, folks. Now it's time for a different Leah tangent. Yep. But you're right about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I kind of had a hard time choosing because it's not as common as you would think, right, to have family directing family, especially when there's so many, like, Hollywood dynasty families, you know. But so I picked one that is really just a cameo, although in recent years they've worked together more uh, broadly, but the movie I'm picking is Clerks 2, and it's Kevin Smith directing his uh, daughter and his wife, really, but we decided not to do couples, because that's that's really common, is, is someone directing their spouse. So uh, I know that it's just a little cameo that his daughter has in Clerks 2, but in the future, they ended up working together more. It's just that Yoga Hosers is the movie where she, Harley Quinn is his daughter, for all you, you comic book people, well, I guess now you don't have to really be a comic book person to know Harley Quinn. Because, you just have to be a Margot Robbie fan. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, he literally named his daughter Harley Quinn, so that's really cool. But anyways, I wasn't a huge fan of Yoga Hosers, which is the movie that they made together where she had like a starring role. But Clerks 2 is one of my all-time favorite movies. Wow. It's actually... Uh, it's hard for me to say it's better than Clerks because I love Clerks so much and obviously like without Clerks there'd be no Clerks too. But I think that it's just as good and I think that parts of it are better than the first one. You've seen both, right? A long time ago. I went through my Kevin Smith phase a long time ago. Well, I went through my Kevin Smith phase and it's not over. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long time. I actually, I remember when I first got into Kevin Smith, I was like in the process of moving and I was like in an uncomfortable like situation and I was like 17 and I just remember like listening to all, like all of his, he had just... Um, he wasn't as big with podcasts as he is now, but he still like had a lot of them out there and I just would listen to him nonstop. So I kind of feel like when you listen to someone or watch someone a lot during like a formative time, it's like you will always love them. Like I will always like love him so much and feel like he, uh, I don't know. It's almost like I feel like I know him, which sounds creepy, but I think a lot of people feel that way with him because he's really candid and he puts all of that into his movies, and I feel like he's actually the perfect person to pick for this, like, family-directing family, because he just put all of his friends, and he actually has directed his mom several, a few times, because um, his mom is that lady that, that milk lady in Clerks that's, like, that, like, <laughs> <laughs> picks through all of the milk, and I think she's in, like, the very end of the movie. Uh, oh, no, 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 in Clerks, she's in, she's in a bunch of different parts, but, yeah, he he's that guy that always puts his friends in the movies and there's like a few people that have not been in any other movies except kevin smith movies you know <laughs> like they're not really actors they're just kevin's friends and i love that i love like ben affleck right yeah that guy like i thought he had potential when i saw him in mall rats and chasing amy and then he ended up in jail you know yeah we're pulling for you, Ben. 
We hope you figure out your career. <laughs> so far, it's been garbage. Anyway, I I don't want to... Maybe one day we can do, like, a Kevin Smith episode. Because if I get into how much I love Clerks 2, I literally will not stop... I mean, it'll be one of my most impressive tangents. Like, you'll be going to get me some water thinking that I might die uh, from talking too much. Oh, that's wild. <laughs> I don't want you to die on the podcast. Yeah. That would be a bad thing for me as a producer if I let somebody die on my podcast. In some ways, I think it's like the perfect movie because it has it has that raunchy, like, you know, over-the-top kind of comedy, but it also has a lot of heart. I mean, it's the kind of movie that, like, a girl who just likes ooey-gooey romantic movies would love, and it's the kind of movie that a guy who hates those kind of movies and only watches, like, bro comedies where everything's gross-out humor and dick jokes would also love. Very few movies are both yeah. of those things, but Which this... is probably how I came into it. <laughs> <laughs> right, you were like, oh, yeah, they're gonna say pussy? Awesome. But that... <laughs> But that stuff really makes me laugh. Like, I like the ooey-gooey romantic stuff, but I also really think that it's a hilarious movie. And I like the way he pushes the envelope, like, the whole... (laughs) I'm not getting into it, but he really... I mean, he really does... Like, he deserves more credit, I think, as a a comedy director. He's white Spike Lee. Okay! (laughs) (laughs) My co-host, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Yeah, so Clerks 2, highly, highly, highly recommended. If you're if you're on the younger side, you might not have gotten into Kevin Smith since his movies aren't what they used to be. And I say that with so much love because I'm so proud of him for, like, doing whatever the hell he wants. He does not write movies for anyone except himself and his friends. He makes the movies he wants to make. And to be able to get to a point in life where you're not answering to anyone and you're just doing your own creative thing, that is amazing. I'm not a huge fan of yoga yoga hosers, but I still support it and I still like love him and love everything he does. But I would say if you don't know Kevin Smith, start with Clerks. You know, watch Clerks too. Watch Chasing Amy, Mallrats, Dogma, Jane Silent Bob. Because they're making another Jane Silent Bob. You know that, right? We've talked about that. I don't know if we have. We haven't. They're yeah, they're making Jane Silent Bob Strike Back again or something. New Jane. I don't really want to watch another Jane Silent Bob. <gasps> I didn't even watch one of them, I don't think. Really? Well, I you think they're wa- fine in the film, but I didn't think they needed a spinoff. Well, I'm not... Okay, so the their their movie is Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. Which came out in 2001. It's not my favorite, like, Kevin Smith movie. It's, it's really, like, a fan service movie. It's for people who love, 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 love everything Kevin Smith. But... I'm still excited for a new one because I'm just so embedded in the whole thing. Like, I'm one of those people that appreciates the movie because I, like, get all the references. And it's almost like an inside joke movie. Like, it opened on thousands of screens, but it's like an inside joke movie. I mean, there are so many things that you would miss if you don't know his, like, whole, all his friends and all their, their shit that they've done. Like, I mean, it's really... It's gonna... And I'm sure this one, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, again, will be the same kind of situation but i'm excited for it i'm not (laughs) (laughs) and there are many people that feel that way there's a lot of people who i mean there's more people in the world that probably feel that way than i do but any of you kevin smith fans out there want to email uh us and 
tell me that I'm 100% right and that Jordan's 100% wrong, uh, I will read that email. <laughs> Movie, cinema, film, podcast at gmail.com to send Jordan Freed hate mail. <laughs> well, not hate mail, just kindly worded explanation on why Kevin Smith is the best. If you send really nasty hate mail, I will read it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call you out for being a jerk. No, I'll, I'll give you respect if it's like well written and eloquent. Yeah, you need I'm not to a use great writer, so quality words. I would propel other people's writing because that's how I was taught. All right, are we already getting into Ben's back? This wow. is amazing. We're just getting so good at this podcasting thing. We mm. might actually make it an hour long. No is way. That possible? I don't know. No, nah, I'm sure we're gonna get into some crazy discussions. I'm not gonna promise any anything regarding time. <laughs> do you need a break, or do you want to keep flowing and going? I'm. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, is that I... something that should be cut out? <laughs> flowing and going. No, I'm really excited to flow and go. Oh, so how did you come to this movie, Ben is Back? Saw a lot of trailers for it, because uh, AMC was trying to push this film, I think, as like, it's, ooh, we're artsy. So, like, they were playing this trailer for all of their more artsy films that they showed earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas Hedges, I didn't really know too much about him when I started seeing the trailers, and then I saw mid-90s, and then that forced me to backtrack to Manchester by the Sea. And I guess I had seen him in Lady Bird and mm-hmm. Three Billboards. Um, and I was a fan of him. Uh, Julia Roberts is Julia Roberts. Um, and I don't know. It looked interesting enough in the way that they made the trailer. Mm-hmm. And they kind of made it in a way that you wanted to watch it. The one thing about the film that I was kind of weary of going into it is, like, I literally just saw Beautiful Boy, like, a month or two ago, and it's just like, do I really need to see the same storyline, basically? Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm sure we'll get to talking about. Yeah. What about you? What did you go into it thinking? I love Julia Roberts. Like, she's probably one of the reasons why I'm an actress, because I was born during the Julia Roberts firestorm that was the 90s, and I look up to her so much. Like, I remember being really little, like, really young and watching her Oscar speech and, like, cheering for her. (laughs) I love her. So I watch everything that she puts out. So I knew I was going to see it for that, but I honestly wasn't that interested outside of it being her. I just... I guess I'm kind of exhausted by the the opioid epidemic in general and then all the movies and I before this like not crazy about Lucas Hedges you know I think he's okay I think he's definitely good adequate actor but I hadn't seen mid 90s which was the one that you thought he was really great in I thought he was good in Manchester by the Sea I thought he was good in Lady Bird but I I keep thinking like there there's got to be they're putting this kid in so many movies like there's got to be some other kid and I know there's Timothy who I've already said on this podcast is I think is like leaps and bounds better than Lucas but uh, I wasn't like, oh, I'm thrilled to see him or anything like that. The dude who was in Hail Caesar and was Han Solo. He was supposed to be the other guy, Alden. Oh, what other guy? What? Alden Air, right? What? What? What's his name? I don't know, but what was he? What does he have to do with Ben is back? 
Oh, I was. You were saying like there has to be somebody else. Oh, <laughs> okay. is that what you were talking about? Yeah, you were <laughs> responding to that. Okay, you're sorry. sorry. I say a lot of things in succession, and then you respond to one of them, and I'm like, what? I talk too much. That's why I have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I'm an editor. <laughs> there you go. We work together well. Uh, so yeah, I wasn't that into it, but I thought. You know, I'm going to see this because it's Julia Roberts. And I ended up liking it a lot more than I expected to. And for all you Lucas Hedges fans out there that are, like, wanting to kill me, I found this to be his best performance. And I was actually very impressed by him for the first time. I thought, wow, he is great in this. So I'm finally on the train. He's still not better than Timothy, okay? But, like, no one is. I think he was, I think this was better than Beautiful Boy. It was better than Beautiful Boy, yes. Yes, it was. But I still prefer Timothy. I feel like the direction <laughs> was better in this. Yeah. Um, which probably allowed for Lucas Hedges to seem better mm-hmm. than Timothy. Because Timothy really wasn't, it wasn't about him in mm-hmm. the film. <laughs> yeah. So, as we said, it's directed and written by Peter Hedges, who is Lucas Hedges', Lucas Hedges father. And... Also, it showed how you could show both of their stories, and you don't have to pick one. That's true. That's like, true. That's why this worked, is because you saw the Julia Roberts parts, and you saw the Lucas Hedges parts, and like saw how they were dealing with it separately. Right. Yeah, the beautiful boy was too focused on Steve Carell's perspective, whereas I was more interested in the experience of uh, Timothy's character. But in this one, uh, you do see both perspectives, but I thought this was a much more compelling, like, even if it had just focused on the mother, this, like, maternal desperation that she showed and this total, like, takeover of her life. Like, she's not even expecting him to come home. And then he comes home. Where This is the non-spoiler part, by the way, so we're not going to get too deep into the plot. Yeah. But, you know, that's this is in the trailer. That that was, like, the first trailer that came out is just, you know, them driving home. Him, He's there. She gets out of the car. She's crying. She's hugging him. Oh, my God. So the, the basis of it is that he is an opioid addict, which kills uh, – opioids kill 115 people per day in the also, United States alone. Also, this film does a really good job of, like, constantly making you think something really bad is going to happen. Yes, you're definitely on the edge of your seat, and you don't know. That was what was great, is you don't know when it's going to happen. I, from the beginning, I felt like I kept saying to myself, oh, he's going to OD again, or he's going to relapse again. For sure, he's going to relapse again, but I, you don't know when exactly it, it's, it was almost like a horror movie where you're like okay I know someone's gonna die I know someone's gonna die it's gonna be right now oh no that was just a fake out or whatever and then it keeps going and going and then it hits you know it was almost like being an addict I bet like this idea that you keep like holding it off and like feeling like okay is this gonna be the moment where I relapse is this gonna be the moment I relapse is this gonna be the moment I relapse is this gonna be the moment I relapse and just constantly having that on your mind that you might Mm-hmm. fall off what you've worked for and worked I, yeah. to fix. I'm actually really happy you said that because I want to read a review that I found. That I'm reading somebody else's review, but we're the reviewer. <laughs> it really, like, it actually almost made me, like, a little choked up. So I found this on Letterboxd, and this movie's getting some divisive... I, I thought I thought it would just be, like, in the middle, but it's getting a lot of people that hate it and are giving it, like, one star or a half star. And I guess this person was responding to that. 
So he said, if you truly believe that this film is ridiculous or dumb or goofy, even if you struggled with addiction yourself, then speaking frankly, you're not being very helpful to or supportive of other drug addicts. Because for some of us, this is our genuine story. Everybody struggles with disease in disparate ways, and I can personally attest from experience and horrible, monstrous memories that nothing portrayed in this film is laughable or ignorant. It's real and raw to the goddamn bone, and it plays out in my mind like a tear-stained dose of deja vu. I'm sorry to everyone that I've ever hurt. I miss you, Dad and Mom. I'm so, so sorry for everything that I put our family through. I'm so, so fucking sorry. That's the end of it. And I think that's why it works so much better than Beautiful Boy. Beautiful Boy is just Beautiful so... Beautiful Boy was just framed in a way where it was like, wow, look at what you put your parents through. And it's like, well, yeah, obviously Timothy Chalamet's character isn't like... Yeah, fuck you, Dad. I'm just doing this despite you or whatever. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it was good that we saw like Lucas Hedges's internal struggle with himself and like the disappointment that he puts his family through, and like how his whole family is afraid of him. Yeah. And now he's just an outsider in his own family now because of this. This one was much more raw and and visceral than Be- Beautiful Boy. Beautiful Boy was just too pretty looking. Like I said in that episode, like every place that he is is like this beautiful house or this like beautiful area. Like they're in San Francisco and they have money and everything's nice and even like even the rehab is like better than most people's fucking apartments. And this was like real. This is like Salzburg is not the nicest town in New York, okay? Also and- a town that has people dealing with <laughs> yeah things. like that's an area that people are like it's everywhere mm-hmm. but like that is a very real place and it's a different section of life like it's not yeah and i don't think the trailer you said the trailer you liked it which i it's not that i didn't like it but i don't think it really gave off the vibe of this movie no yeah but i think it just made me want to watch it yeah which that's what it i guess they did their job there because <laughs> yeah, i was curious about what was gonna happen yeah but it was like it was this movie was kind of like this dark adventure film because there's so much moving around there's so much traveling around because i i, I this i guess isn't isn't really i don't want to give a spoiler yet but uh it's like something it's like he comes home from rehab early he's not supposed to come home they're supposed to go visit him in a few days it's the christmas season so they're having like a holiday visit i guess and he left rehab to visit them and he's like i'm fine i can do this like i'm ready to just spend christmas it's like christmas eve when he comes home and it completely disrupts their lives they have their plan of what they're doing and everything but of course they uh, well the mother mostly drops everything the father's not in the picture uh the stepfather played by courtney b vance is there and he's certainly caring he's good he plays it really well yeah he he cares a lot and he's done so much for his stepson but he's also very cautious as is ben's little sister who's a little bit Uh, he has three younger siblings two of them are like little kids so they're not really they don't really know the extent of what's happening but his his sister who's a bit older who's just like two years younger than him maybe she's a teenager so she's very wary of him and so she's like aware of what he's done yeah 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 not aware they just see him as oh older brother's home cool what's up right they're like oh yay like they're having fun with him and uh and then the mother, Holly, played by Julia, she's very, like, she's, she, she gets it, like, she's nervous, too, but she's just, like, she, she played this so well because, like, that's her baby, 
like you have to remember that that's her baby like that that's literally the same person that she like you know held on the day he was born after he came out of her like she doesn't want to believe that he is gonna lie and keep relapsing and die you know what I mean and so she's so excited that he's home and like even though she's cautious she definitely has that thing of like oh my god he's back and I'm so happy and this is the best Christmas ever whereas the other two even though the sister's not really an adult the other two older people of the household are like whoa 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 like he shouldn't be here like he just get him out of here basically yeah it was also so much better because everybody seemed so much more empowered in this. Like, obviously, there was the main tension that he's an addict and, like, he's having these struggles. But, like, everybody knew what they were supposed to be doing. So, like, mm-hmm. it was exciting to watch them try to fight this with all of the tools that they had as opposed to, like, Steve Carell's version or the version with Beautiful Boy where... And they were kind of just like, well, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. And Mm -hmm. it just felt like the movie didn't work as a movie because they were like, well, what do we do? And that doesn't work well for a movie. This one was like, okay, well, we know what to do. Let's see if it works or see how whatever's going to happen. The energy, these movies very much are akin to the energy of the places they were shot. So this movie, these movies are like California versus New York. (laughs) So Ben is back in New York, beautiful boys, California. It's like the laid back, everything's beautiful, more chill vibe. And then New York is like the go, go, go. Like if you, if you know. Was if, beautiful boy, California? Only yeah. for part of it, right? Didn't he get, was, didn't his mom just live in California? No, they all lived in California. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I feel like, <laughs> I just feel like that's the, like, that's the, that's the tone of New York is more gritty, more real, California is more like, you know, uh, everybody's so pretty and like that kind of stuff. I, it was, it, it's fitting, I think, but I, I, um, what was I going to say? I, I want to get into spoilers because there's so Let's much stuff. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. <laughs> so if you are listening to this podcast for the first time, we are now going to get into spoilers. So if you have not seen Ben is Back, please shut off the podcast now and turn it back on after you've seen the movie. Thank you. Yeah, so. <laughs> Let's see. What's a spoiler? Uh, he killed his girlfriend. Uh, by giving her drugs and getting her hooked. I thought that was a good plot point, but they didn't, like, force it over our heads. Yeah, that scene... And didn't show it on camera, so it was just kind of there and informed the rest of the film. Yeah, and a good thing they did is that they did not have flashbacks. Yeah. Which I liked. So. So there's this mother in the movie who goes to the same church as them, and that's his girlfriend's mother and so she lost her daughter and he is the one who got her into drugs so he feels responsible and that scene where they're at that christmas pageant or whatever that little show they did and he can't stop crying oh my god that was really good if see if he gets nominated it better be for this and not for boy erased not that he wasn't good he was good in boy erased oh, but he's gonna get nominated for boy erased 100 percent. really yeah so much better in this. That that scene was incredible. He really that that was a good crying scene. Oh yeah, that was really good. And whoever I don't know who played the mother. Well, he has a great crying scene in mid nineties also. Really? I gotta watch it. God, it's so fucking good. Whoever played that mother was also really really good, and I love the bond between 
her and Julia Roberts, like, her being a mother who has lost a child to the opioid epidemic and and Julia as a mother who may perhaps be losing her son soon to it and uh the the other woman knowing that Julia's son is responsible for her daughter's death but not holding it against their family like the way that she understood that it was the disease the addiction and not him as a person who did this to her and he and he was and she was willing to help um holly when she's running all over town trying to find him she gives her that that kit that that what is it called what is it yes she she gives her that and you know teaches her how to save him if he does od which we know this is the spoiler section that he does he does yeah oh my god i just love that bond between those two women like that was really powerful yeah the what else there are so many good scenes that there's so many good scenes and that scene where um where they're in the food court and Julia walks up to the that old couple and you know something's up there like cuz something's weird there's like some tension and then and and then it's like he kind of has alzheimers so the wife is kind of saying to him like oh don't you remember her blah 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 and then the wife leaves the table and Julia tells him like i hope you die a slow painful death Oh, yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Because he was the one who originally prescribed Ben uh, with painkillers that he promised Ben would not become addicted to, but he did, and he was only 14. He had had a snowboarding accident. And that's how this happens to so many of these people is, I mean, not that, I mean, if you're someone who literally is just, like, seeking out a high and you want to get high and do drugs, I'm not saying you're any less of a of a person or something, but this happens to so many people that are not looking to get high, that are injured, and get hooked on these drugs, and then you know, after a while they become immune and they're seeking more and more of that relief and then it turns into a high and then, you know, they end up losing their lives. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous at this point the amount of people that die from this. It's, you know, more than the Vietnam War total. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing. And, yeah. And this movie was also... Did you feel that it was preachy? Uh, no, I didn't think it was preachy, because it, like, made me feel, I felt kind of, conne- I felt connected to the characters, and mm-hmm. the characters all felt re- really real, um, especially as we got deeper into the film. Like, the acting was just good throughout, so I felt connected to the characters, and I wanted to see what was going to happen mm-hmm. with all of them, and, like, how they were going to solve it or not solve it. Well, I felt like it was really a film of the times, because people are so everybody's like a cop nowadays like everyone polices every movie and actor and musician and if you say anything wrong or if you don't address something in the exact perfect way it's like oh you're canceled or whatever and I feel like this movie made an effort to point out things that other movies maybe ignore or skirt over like when the Courtney B. Vance character who um you know who is black like they have an interracial family mentions that if Ben was black he would be in jail. Yeah. By now, which is absolutely 100% true. And then there was the part which I thought 
it was preachy, but it, it's so, again, it's really true when um, Holly's trying to buy the um, the newer narc gun. Oh, yeah. And they're like, we don't have that. We're trying to encourage responsible use of drugs or whatever she yeah. said. And she gets, and Holly gets really mad and yells at her and basically says, like, well, if you're not going to sell the thing that's going to save somebody from doing this drug, then don't sell the drug. You know? Yeah. Oh, my God. I I thought that was intense. Yeah. It was honestly just a tough film to watch. Yeah, I remember when you... Because I just, I just didn't feel like doing anything after watching the film because it was so, like, it put me on the edge of my seat, like, the whole film. Yeah, that was Friday, right? Yeah, that was Friday. Yeah, I remember you came in and you were, like, not in a great place. Yeah, I was just like, I, I don't really feel like talking to people. I just want to lay down. Yeah, it w- it was really grim. And like I said, I knew the whole time. You're it's like a ticking clock. You know the whole time he's going to relapse. It's just a matter of when. And her the way that she was so on top of him where she was like I'm going to literally be with you every second like she wouldn't even close the door and let him go to the bathroom. Yeah. That is exactly what sadly like I think people should do. It sucks that someone has to live that way like a baby where they can't even be left for a second, but it's like even with her doing that, he still managed to get drugs because he had them hidden. Yeah. And actually, that scene, you know, that scene um, when they go to AA. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed that whole sequence, but that girl comes up to him. Yeah. And says that she wants to get high one last time before she quits. But she's not going to. And then she says, like, unless you want to do it. Like, unless I could do it with you. And she's, like, kind of flirting with him, too, and says that he's hot and stuff. And when she said that, when she said, unless you want to, the audience that I was in literally, like, groaned. Like, there was, like, a visible, I mean, a a verbal reaction from several people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because this movie, like, really hooks you. Like, everybody was so, so, like, oh, no, please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't. And you could see him, like, the acting is so good between him and Julia. Like, you can see him, like, like he wants to, that's the thing with some of these people. They really want to get better, and he wants to so bad. He's, like, holding on, holding on, holding on, and, and you just, he gets that little bit of temptation in the attic, which we don't actually know that he got the drugs from there at that point we we he kind of tricked he totally tricked his sister because he had taken them already and then he said oh can you just check and see if there's any in here like he was already so deceitful and then so you think that like oh it was like okay good we got past that temptation that one's over and then there's this like girl who i'm sure at one point was pretty but now she looks like so run down and like taken over by the drug addiction telling him like oh you're so hot and like let's get high tonight and basically like hook up right and it's like that's obviously very tempting for an addict and that that feeling of just like when that came out of her mouth everyone was like no yeah (laughs) it's so tough it is and it was tough to watch but oh yeah that other scene can we talk about spencer um that his friend do you remember oh yeah yeah that was hard yeah that was really hard to see because this this film really shows the way that you being an addict affects your whole family and you know the way that 
the stepfather and Ben were not that close, but he actually had, like, um, Holly, like, says to him at one point, you know, like, we had to take a second mortgage out on the house, and that's his money. Like, I'm, I'm not sure what she did for a living. I don't remember them being clear about that, but apparently, like, she did not make that much money, and, and when she left Ben's father, she didn't have any money, and so if she had never met uh, this man um, who ended up having more money than eventually when her son became a drug addict, like, she wouldn't have been able to pay for all these rehabs. So, like, he had given so much to try to rehabilitate him, and it hadn't worked out. And this is someone who just thought he, like, met the love of his life, I guess, and they had two kids together, you know, and, like, everything was going to be great. And then suddenly he, he has to take on the responsibility of this boy's, like, life. Yeah. Basically. I mean, that's crazy, you know, and the, so that, that character of Spencer was heartbreaking. I don't know where to begin, but it really showed, um, like, again, her acting is just so good. When she sees him and she realizes who he is. Yeah. Like, that must be so devastating to, to remember someone as, like, a little innocent boy and then see them so run down yeah and so sick looking okay so that part with spencer toward the end when the mother's holly slash julia roberts is desperate for information about where her son could be and she has the drugs that she took from ben earlier i mean she basically like sells her soul to the devil to be able to save her son because, you know, like, even though Spencer is somebody else's son, she's like, well, I have to save my own kid here. And so she gives him the drugs that could be the drugs that he overdoses and dies on, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not her fault. I'm sure most of us would do the same thing in that situation if we had to save the person we love the most in the world, you know? But it was just, that was a really, really, really tough thing for me to see. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Also, yeah, it was more just, like, he was so broke and desperate for something. Mm-hmm. And she knew that she had something, at least, <laughs> that she could give him. Yeah. Because, like, also, he was probably just having withdrawals and stuff, also. Mm-hmm. Which felt like it was the need there. Yeah. To just get him something quickly. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Riding in Cars with Boys? No. So, this is an amazing movie. Is that the Jerry Seinfeld show? No. <laughs> Comedians in cars getting coffee. <laughs> uh, so, this is a movie starring Drew Barrymore. It's a true story. Uh, directed by Penny Marshall, R.I.P. And it's, it part, it's, it's like a very sprawling like life story about someone. But part of it is sh- uh, she gets married very young to someone who gets her pregnant and she kind of she loves him but you know she wasn't he wasn't the guy she would have picked if she had her choice right and he's he eventually gets into drugs and he ends up a heroin addict and he is having withdrawal and she's taking care of him and it's the whole thing they really show everything where you know he's screaming because he can't take the pain he's like vomiting he can't do anything except except scream in pain and throw up and then he ends up escaping and, and getting drugs and, and 
and she has no idea where he is and he comes home and he says he says I'm not getting high anymore like I just need a little bit of heroin and I'll be fine like I can just do it and not do enough to get high just enough to be be myself and I'll just keep doing that and then we'll be fine like that's all I have to do like I just need you to be okay with that and she's like are you insane like no but that's basically what it becomes for these people is it's not fun anymore it's it's what they have to do to survive it's what they have to do to even be able to like walk you know walk around and and be a person and that it happens to a lot of people like I know someone who takes opioids legitimately for uh an injury and they sometimes it's hard for him to get his medication because of all the abuse of opioids so like they're constantly having to review his case over and over again and confirm that he's not abusing them and he genuinely isn't but sometimes like it takes a day or something for them to like process it and then he has to like um take his pills less frequently so that he can spread them out and he gets sick immediately and can't go to work and can't do anything because like that is how severe the addiction is and you really see that there with Spencer where he I don't remember what she says to him but then he says like it's not like it's not a high anymore like I just need it yeah Do you have anything else to say about the film? I feel like <laughs> I'm, I'm looking through I'm right now. Burnt out of talking about these addict films. I'm excited for. Well, I guess Beale Street's not going to be a happier film necessarily. I don't know. Maybe it has a happy ending. I don't know how it ends, but it's definitely not totally happy subject matter. Well, let's talk about the. Let's talk about the when he overdoses. That whole sequence of him like getting the dog back. That see, this is what I loved about this one as opposed to Beautiful Boy is they show they really show like all the shit you have to go through. Yeah. They don't really show that in Beautiful Boy. Yeah, it was like a challenge for the characters. Yeah. And you saw the challenge. They really show, like, they they show you have to go to, like, an abandoned warehouse to where, uh, you know, where all these, like, it's like a skid row type of thing. They show, like, you know, his phone abandoned in the dumpster. They they show that, you know, them at that pawn shop and the, like, wheelings and dealings of this drug lord of the area. Like, they go through all of these little things that are actually true, like that and and he like he gets the dog back and he writes that that note and just leaves the car like there's nothing it's just so devastating there's nothing more important than him getting high in in that moment like he's just gonna you know the way that he prepared for it and everything what did you think of the ending uh i like the ending yeah i think it was appropriate Mm -hmm. um overall the film satisfied me yeah you know it's not something I'm in a rush to watch again, or necessarily was a film that I wanted to watch in the first place. <laughs> um, but it was good, and I thought they did what they could with it. It wasn't like the greatest addiction film ever, but it was definitely good, and I am glad that I watched it 
and it was higher quality than some other films mm-hmm. about beautiful boys. <laughs> yeah. We like kind of goofy looking boys. <laughs> That's the name of this film. Kind of. Boys. <laughs> yeah. I liked the ending because it's sh- like he's just in this random like barn. Yeah. Like he just got high at this random person's house. Like he didn't even, you know, and that final scene of her crying over him and waiting for him to wake up and then he breathe like he takes one breath and then basically the movie ends. I thought it was good because it was like it wasn't a happy ending by any means, yeah. but it was okay, he's not dead. So maybe he has another chance. Maybe he has one more chance whereas that other that other girl uh who whose death he feels responsible for and is many ways responsible for he she did not get another chance but he did and he 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 got another chance because of that woman also i feel like the whole point of the film is like to people looking from the outside it's like oh this guy's addicted to drugs oh wow he relapsed again wow Mm -hmm. and it's like this is but this is the struggle that happens in between getting clean and your relapses Mm -hmm. it's like a constant fight and it's constantly having people think that you're going to relapse and you trying to fight that urge to relapse Mm -hmm. and he's succumbed to it eventually Mm -hmm. and And yeah that the difference between like the beginning of the movie when he she drug tests him and he's just totally like, yeah, of course I'll take a drug test. Like, yeah. no problem. Like, there's nothing going on. And then, you know, less than 24 hours, what, like 12 hours later, <sighs> he is not in such a good spot. Anyway, I guess we should end this by saying if you're struggling with drug addiction, please contact someone and get help. Yes, there are plenty of resources. Uh, please use Google so that we don't have to look it up, but we can look it up <laughs> and put it in our whatever description yeah there is hope and if you are not addicted to drugs please have empathy for people that are and don't judge them too harshly yeah like if you're doing well use use that extra energy and good vibes that you have to help people who aren't doing that well yeah i feel like good things going on i feel like there's a lot of people that are still dismissive toward drug addicts like oh that would never happen to me that would never happen to my son that would never happen to my daughter like they're they're just like low class or something like like oh that that's those people like they separate them and it's like when you look at the numbers of people that have died from and this is just the the number that i mentioned was just opioid addiction this doesn't even count all the other (laughs) things that you can be addicted to it's like this is not some low part of society that's sectioned off this is like (laughs) this is like mountains and mountains of humanity being erased because I probably shouldn't have used a race because <laughs> of boy race, but no, this is this is thousands. Different issue, <laughs> right? This is thousands upon thousands of people. Uh, what did I write down in 2016? 42,249 deaths. So this is not some small group of people that are less than people that haven't been afflicted. These are just people, and it's really awful. And I saw this movie on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Don't see vice. <gasps>
Well, no, see Vice if you want to. Yeah, yeah, see it and then and then argue about it with us. Because it's obviously going to be in the conversation since it got nominated for Golden Globes and shit like that. But mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. Uh, Beale Street next week. Uh, Let's promote our next show. G- uh, January 26th, come see the Mutz Improv. Yeah, Mutz Improv. Back at it again. I- I'm excited. We have some time. We have a few good weeks to rehearse. And we're gonna... And our last show was banging. Yo, our last show was so good, and we're really... Thank you if you came or if come to any of our shows, because we're audiences are, like, continuing to be large. It's not dying down, so that's really exciting, because we had our first show in June, so we're keeping up the momentum. And, and we try to change it up and make it special for you. Like, obviously, every show is new and has never been done before, but we try to play different games and, like, right. really improve on ourselves, so come out, see new shows. It's gonna be fun. Get yourself a panini. Say hi to Heather at the bar. Oh, my God! <laughs> It's so great. We're so happy about the paninis, guys. Just come eat paninis, laugh, and hang with us. Peace. Thank you you for listening. (laughs) Bye, guys. This has been a Rhino Comedy production. Find us on Instagram at rhinos underscore r underscore funny. Rhinocomedy.com Rhino Comedy on Facebook and live comedy every Friday and Saturday night at 96 Lafayette Ave in Suffern, New York.